I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hero. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm a tour in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. My title today is Being Good Stewards Over God's Wealth and Riches. My scripture today will come from 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 21st. And I shall read to you from the New King James Version. Command those who are rich in the present age not to be haughty, not to trust in certain uncertain riches, but in the living God who give us riches all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that may lay hold on eternal life. O Timothy, guard what was committed to you, to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle gladness. And what is falsely called knowledge? By profession, it some have strayed, concerning faith. Grace be with you. You may be seated. I'm determined to preach this word today. How can we, first thing you ask, how can we be good stewards of God's riches? Christ described believers. believers as stewards, they are meant to be overseers of his possession and his affairs, only his possession. One day Christ, our master, will return. The faithful will be rewarded and the unfaithful disciplined. We do not want to be disciplined, saints. He will say, well done, good and faithful servant. And to the other, he will call them wicked and lazy servants. This stewardship includes many things such as families, careers, and ministry. Paul focused on the believing stewardship of two riches, God's wealth and his word. God's word is of his greatest riches. We are called to recognize how valuable it is and to faithfully take care of it. In other words, we good being good stewards over it. The word entrusted was used of money and valuable this, this in deposit with somebody's first day keeping. Forgive me for my speech, but this is have something to do with me, my health today, but I'm going to preach this word. You hear me? We are being faithful with God's money. Are you being faithful with God's money? Really? One day God will demand an account of our stewardship over his possession, which is today is money. We are being faithful with the deposit of God's word. Good and faithful servants are trustworthy. Just like the master in the parables of the talent went on a journey and entrusted his property to others. So God entrusts his property with us. 
he said to his faithful servants, I will make you ruler over many, not a few, but many. Enter into the joy of the Lord, and will you be faithful? Amen? What is God's promise to those who are faithful? Well, James 1, 2, and 4 said, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. An example of a faithful man with blessings from God is, now let us look at blessings of a faithful steward works of his reward. God's work should not be done with slackness. Always do your best when you do God's work. Because you're not doing it for you, your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, but you're doing it for the Lord. Serve wholeheartedly, and it was serving to God, not to people, as I just stated. Take Joseph, for instance. He proved his faithfulness to his master when tempted by his master's wife by not yielding to it. He was faithful even when he was put in prison. No elements of injustice shook him from the faithfulness that he had of God. He became prime minister of Egypt. See? He got what God promised him. Take Ruth, for instance. Ruth showed love and faithfulness to her elderly mother-in-law, who was also a widow. During that time, she was doing things not to please herself, but to honor God. Though her faithfulness, she became Boaz's wife, a rich man. She came from not having much to having everything because of her faithfulness to God. God's promise is great. He's not weak on his promise. He wants to give us the best, not for us to get, get by. He wants us to get, have the best. Faithfulness in the work of your hand and towards every relationship that God bless you with always pay off. The master, which is God, was serious with the lazy stuff. He took the wealth from him that he had gave and gave it to the good and faithful one. He was thrown into outer darkness. But guess what? Because God, who he was, he forgave him. Okay, and also being stewards of wealth. After teaching on the dangers of money, Paul speaks directly to the, to the rich and, and to the Ephesians. There were rich slave owners. Paul, I did, Paul didn't tell them to get rid of all their riches, but instead to be faithful stewards over their riches. If you spend money, which is God's riches, on something that you don't need, you're wasting God's resources. You're wasting something that he entrusted you with, something precious. Would you trust your children with just anybody? So think about that when you're trusting anything over God's riches. Be faithful. That's being a good steward. Remember, everything belongs to God. Even we belong to God. Everything belongs to God. We are not the owners of what we have, but rather we are only stewards. We are managing God's blessings. We're caretakers. Caretakers will for keep. Timothy 6 and 7, 17. It says, good stewards must be humble. Our Lord gave a command through Paul. The rich Ephesians were called to be the hearty of Christ. 
Pride is something that you do not want because you have to struggle with it every day. However, worth makes us more inclined to wash the particular sin. The worthy tends to think they're more higher than the poor. They think they're more uppity than the ones that don't have. They think they're more than they should be. Wealth is a gift from God. They both have advantages. The wealth are given opportunities to use their given resources to help people both come from God. The wealthy should not be around nor be proud. It should not be arrogant and it should not be selfish. They must remember that God can do. God can do, he can give, and he can take. Look who you're talking about. The creator of all things. And you're going to tell him what not to give and what to take? You're going to tell him he didn't give you enough and gave somebody else more? Not a question. This will help them, this will help you to remain humble. My brothers and sisters, believers in a glorious Lord, Jesus Christ, must have shown favoritism. Suppose a man come into a meeting room wearing a ring and fine clothes, and a poor man came in wearing filthy clothes and no shoes. If you show special attention to the man wearing the fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, sit on the floor, that's being selfish. Have you not discriminated among yourself and become judges with evil thoughts about the poor man? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, have not God, God chosen who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? That's the word. But you have dishonored the poor. Never look down on a man unless you're trying to pull him up because it could vice versa. Always be, be thankful. Always pray for someone that don't have much as you do. And when you get more than what you used to have, be grateful, be blessed, and bless somebody else. Be good steward of wealth. We must put our hope in God, not in the wealth. Paul commanded the rich to put their hope in God and not in themselves and their wealth. This is the one problem with wealth we tend to put aside. We trust our bank account. They provide us with peace of mind in emergencies. We trust in our job that provide us with money to go on our bank account. We trust our job that provide us with money. We, tr we tend to put our faith in the gift instead of the giver. The gift instead of the giver. How do you think the gift coming? If the gift didn't give He don't give his gift to everybody. He gives his gift to one that loves him. Question, why should we put our hopes in wealth? Because it is, we should not put our hopes in wealth. Because it's uncertain. It don't have roots. As Sister Adrian preached the other night, you got to have roots. A tree, even though when it looks dead, those roots are still living. Because when that time come around, 
those leaves gonna start coming back on that tree. But if the tree didn't have roots, it would be dead. Think about that. Wealth is uncertain. It is uncertain because it tends to take on wings and fly away. According to Proverbs 23 and 5 says, when you gaze upon riches, they are gone. For they make wings for themselves. Fly off into the sky like eagles for various reasons. You got a big bank account. Big bank account. Oh, you walk around with your chest up and your pointed toes shoes. Okay, your child got a car, had a wreck. You got to spend money out your bank account to get it fixed. That's number one. Your bank account going down. Your house note behind because your wife didn't remember to pay the, car, the house note. Number two, your bank account going on down. Okay, you decided you want to go on an extended vacation. Well, I got the money in my bank account. Okay, you trust in that bank account. You get on vacation, this happens, this happens, this happens, and this happens. Okay, there go your bank account. So as they say, gone with the wind. <laughs> we have to be good stewards over God's riches, not man's wealth. Wealth is part of the so-called man's world, meaning one day we will die and leave our wealth, or one day the present world will pass away and long with your wealth. In other words, long with your money. Christ used this as a warning. Do not put all your focus on wealth instead of God. God is the giver and the wealth. He's the giver of the wealth. See what I'm saying? He gives you wealth and he is wealth. He's rich. He is our shepherd and we shall not want. Because of this, Jesus taught that we should seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added. Remember wealth is uncertain. Question, how can we know if we are putting our hope in wealth or God? To some people that's simple. But the simplest little thing will trip you up. We can tell by what we are seeking. Are you daily pursuing a deeper, deeper knowledge of throughout his word, fellowship with the saints? In other words, are you spending time with God's word and with his saints? Because his saints is God's word. Are you seeking more of God's kingdom? Or are we on the pursuit of more wealth, which is uncertain? Ask yourself these questions. We can tell by where you get your peace. Does our peace come from your job? Do it come from the wealth in the bank? Or do it come closer relationship with God? As the song says, just a closer walk with thee. To be God's steward, we must enjoy God's gifts. God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. He will always provide us with whatever we need according to his riches and glory. Therefore, being stewards of God's wealth, we must enjoy his gifts without falling into wasteful luxury. We have to enjoy God's gift without 
using it some way that we don't supposed to. Be what you are. Don't live beyond your means. That's what I'm trying to say. God give us enough to get into his kingdom. We, sometimes we be greedy. We want more and more and more. But just like I said a few minutes ago, who is you to tell God how much to give you? God is God. He give and he take. He give who he want and he take what he want. Because he can make it right either way. How do we enjoy a gift? To enjoy his gift, we must enjoy and give thanks instead of complaining about them all the time. Complaining, complaining. But God is so patient. He said, don't take my goodness as my weakness. My mother used to say all the time, girl, I'm going to whoop you. Then she'd go on, ooh, mama didn't whoop me this time. Girl, don't forget I'm going to get you. Okay, days go on. Then she stand up, she said, girl, don't you, think, don't you take my goodness and think I'm weak because I'm going to tear your behind up. She keeps her promise. But we just can't keep pushing and pushing and saying it when it's a promise. We can't keep pushing and pushing and say it ain't going to happen. We just got to be there when it happens. We can't take them for granted. Focus on what's wrong with them or couldn't have gotten better or more. Remember, this is God, like I said, we are talking about. To enjoy gifts from God, we must keep them in the proper place in our hearts. Not on top of this, but in our hearts. We must put God first before our gifts. Otherwise, they will bring discontentment in our hearts. The heart plays a special part when you are a saint of God. This is also true. We must not look at friends, family, co-workers to fulfill our needs and our lack. We have to look at God because what our friends and co-workers give us, they can always take it back. But when God promised you something, you're gonna, he gonna keep it. You're going to keep it and he's going to make it great. Just like I was telling him when I was saying, you know, if, if you don't ever be with me, knowing that you love me, you're with me always. Because I'd rather count on the spirit than to count on the flesh. Because the flesh can walk off, but the spirit is going to stay with you. Like Sister Adrian said, that knitted love, spiritual knitted love, we are bound together as those three cords. One, we can't stand. Two, we can battle and stand. Three, you can forget it, because we got it made. Remember joy of the Lord is our strength. To be good steward of a wealth, we must be rich in God's good deeds and sacrificial giving. If you don't know what sacrificial giving is, it's stretched to the limit. You sacrifice. You take what you need and give it to somebody else that need it more. Tell them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous givers, sharing with others. Remember, God is wealth. As he owned the cow of a thousand hills, he owned all that. Yet with his wealth, he sacrificially gave to meet the needs of the world. He gave his one and only son. You can give till you be down on nothing, but you'll never give like God gave. We are never capable of giving like God gave. You can give your children everything you got. They will not appreciate it. Trust me. They will not appreciate it. 
There ain't no such thing as paying them back. Never. I praise God for his sacrificial giving of gave God, gave his son, that I might be standing here this day telling you what the word says. Lord, I thank you. Giving money that you don't really should be putting somewhere else, not giving money that you don't have, giving to it hurts. Going without something that you want in order to supply for the needs of others. That's sacrificial giving. Giving your best. You got two blankets. Someone need a blanket. Don't give them the one with the hole in it. Give them the best. Because God gave us what? His best. He didn't give us no junk. He didn't give us something he throwed out. He gave us his best. We follow as God did by being good stewards. That's been a good steward. That's been a good steward of God's wealth. May I say again, everything belongs to God. Paul commanded the wealthy to be rich in good deeds and sacrificial giving. He called them to add to his wealth, to their wealth, another type of wealth, his love. Love is rich. Love, it ain't no way you can take love and break it down and explain it no other way, but it's rich. It's rich. I was listening to a young man the other night about striving and striving love. Let me tell you, when I first came to striving, and my husband brought me to striving, I said, where in the world are we going? So when I came up in there, everybody was greeting and hugging and going on. Okay, I was still saying, why am I here? But when I heard Pastor preach two sermons, I asked Nurse Lacey, how did you join? Because that love was here. I wasn't greeted by, what's she coming in here for? Where's she going? Look at her. Pastor didn't say it. I wasn't worried about the congregation. Because I'm with you all with love. I'm following that word. That word that God gave Pastor caused me to live. A man's opportunity to do good to others increase with the bondage of his riches. Like I said, God owned the cattle of a thousand years. This should also be true with wealthy believers as they seek rich and good, deeds and sacrificial giving. The more people increase in their wealth, the less they give. That's a true statement in some cases. Most Christians act like the world when they gain wealth. First thing they do is go out and get a better home, better cars, better this, better that. Wasting God's wealth. The rich is the most remember their great responsibility of being givers. They must not only be rich in good deeds, but they must be generous and willing to share with the ones that don't have. That's coming from the heart. We must develop a generous heart that loves to give to others. God loves a cheerful giver. As we grow in trust in God, sharing God's word, knowing God and loving God and others, we should always aim to grow in our giving. To be a good steward over wealth and much 
they must pursue God's reward. In this way, they will save up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the future of so laid hold of what is true life. Giving is, has two rewards. Sometimes we need a little push to give. Trust me. You know, the Lord will put a hole in your bag if you don't give like you're supposed to. I've been there. If you say, this is too much to give. I made this much money, this is too much to give. He's saying that. You won't have nothing to give. God increased as you increase. Riches in heaven and abundant life. God himself loves and you forgive again. That being said, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will ab abound in every good work. For those who give, they take hold of the word, and they increase in their blessing, in their marriage, in their job, just an increase in their everyday life, promotion, all that. If you don't believe it, you start giving. Okay, we're going to talk about heavenly riches. With that said, the rewards for giving are not confined to this life, but continue to eternal. God promised eternal riches to those who are givers. Consider this as true. He also stated, sell your possession and give to the poor. Provide yourself purses that do not wear out and treasures in heaven that never deceive. Where no thief approaches and no more destroys. For where your treasures is, there is your heart also. Matthew 6, 19, 21 states, Jesus revealed the truth that what a person values most is where his heart is, meaning a person's time, attention, and action, and energy will be focused on whatever they value. To be good stewards of God's word and wealth, we must rely on God's grace. Grace applies to the overall being good and faithful servant. If you are going to be a good steward of God's riches, it can only be done through God's unmerited favor. We cannot do this on our own. Christ said, I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. Not less, but much fruit. Because apart from me, you cannot accomplish nothing. We got to have Christ to accomplish everything we, we have. To be faithful stewards God's word and wealth, we must rely on God. He will enable us. If you have been unfaithful with his wealth and his word, you must repent of your sin and pray for grace. God will God will enable us to faithfully steward his riches. Thank you, Lord. Here is how we will be good stewards over God's riches, his wealth, and his word. We must be humble. Not boastful, but be humble. We must put our hope in God's wealth, not ours. I was saying a few minutes ago, don't put your trust in your job. People get laid off every day. We must enjoy, enjoy God's gifts, 
Whatever gift God gave you, use it for the glorifying of his work. If you don't know your gift, pray. God will give you your gift. He will show it to you. For every one of God's children has a gift. We must be rich in God's deeds and sacrificial gifts. We must pursue God's reward. To be good stewards over God's word, we must guard his word. We must reject false doctrine. You don't have to be, striving is a teaching test. You don't have to be in striving 10 years to know if you walk outside the door, someone else out there saying something different than the word taught on the inside that is false. Because God will put it in your heart what's false and what's not. It's all done, saints, by the Spirit, not by this. To be steward over God's word and wealth, we must rely on God's grace. Grace is such an important thing in the eyes of God. But one thing stands out from all God's Everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. I know my word has been short today, but I only give you what God gave me. Thelma could stand up here in five hours, but it wouldn't do you no good. Because you said, well, she said this and she said that. But what I'm telling you today is what God said. It will always ring in your heart. So I want you all, amen. I'm finished, but I would like for you to stand. And from your heart, don't worry about nobody next to you. Give God a praise for being an amazing God, for being a good God. Amen. Now, I came out here to talk to Adrian. Thank God, Sister Adrian. And I was telling her, you know, about the sermon and everything. Tuesday, and I got home and lifted my, my arm. I said, oh. It took me down on the floor. I was having chest pain. So I went to the ER. They did all the tests and everything. But when I was at the ER, that old-time song came to me. Walk with me, Lord. Walk with me. Hold my hand, Lord. Hold my hand. And I was hurting. I was hurting pretty bad. That's why I shout. That's why I shout. That's why I'm all across here. Don't care what nobody say. That's why I'm across here and on my knees. And I requested these songs that they sung this morning. 
enemy was not intent for me to bring this word. Then Friday, he hit me again with a different elbow. I was sick all day Friday, week, everything. I said, God, I told you to hold my hand and walk with me. I believed he did, and he did. And I was telling Sister Adrian and Brother Daniel, I said, pray for me. I said, we're going to bind this. I said, it must be a blessing for me as well to the saints. That image did not want me to preach this word today. I didn't ask God why me. Because I'm scared to do that. God do what he want to do. I just said it a few minutes ago. He bless you when he want to bless you. We can pray for a healing, but only who? God can heal. We are obeying. And I stand before you this day. I'm weak right now. That's when I was sitting down a few minutes ago, because you know I don't sit down with praise going on. But God had to give me strength to stand. Pastor might not know what he did. And I didn't know that was him standing over there by me. But it seemed like when he came up through there, I could feel his arms wrapped around me. Sister Thelma, go get it. Sister Thelma, you're going to make it. Sister Thelma, you're a strong woman. I heard him say all this. He didn't even open his mouth. That's why I told you, stretch your arms towards here and tell God to strengthen me. I was determined. I was charged to preach this word. I gave Pastor my word. When he asked me to do something, I don't care how I feel. I'm going to do it. I gave God my word. I was going to do it. I told Major a few minutes ago, if I have to sit in a chair, I was going to bring this word today. Whether the people get what they need out of it or not, that's up to them. But it's my job to preach God's word. I don't look at this and look at that. I'm preaching to the Holy Spirit. I love the Lord. And they say he heard my cry. I'm just so full. My body's in pain, but I'm still standing. And I asked Marcus to play a little bit of this song that I want, that makes me feel so good this day, that gave me encouragement. And I know the time is winding up, but just, just listen to a little of it. Because that's my testimony. You may be seated.
I have four appeals. My first appeal is salvation. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, this is your time to give your life to Christ. Please raise your hand if that's you. And if you are online, please call 850-862-3899 and someone will help you. I see no hands. My second appeal is for church home. Pastor and describing family will welcome you with open arms, teaching about the benefits of God's word. If that is you, please raise your hand. Or if you're online, please call 850-862-3899 and someone will instruct you on how to do that. I see no hand. Sir, did you have your hand up? Okay, I have, see, one hand. If you will go with Mr. Anthony, he will take care of you, get your information and everything. My third appeal is the Holy Spirit. We have someone, if that is you, needing to know about the Holy Spirit. We have someone that will give you information on how and why it's so important to have the Holy Spirit in, in your life. Again, I give you a number, 850-862-3899 if you're online. And my fourth appeal is for prayer time. If you are here and you need prayer, I want to stand in for someone or loved one. You can either stand at your seat and pray, or you can come to the altar and kneel and pray. And if it's okay with you, if you're at your seat and can't make it to the altar and desire to come, raise your hand and someone will come and pray with you and agree. All that matters is that you lift your heart up and give God your heart desires with a sincere heart. Trust and believe that when you do, he will provide and he will give you the desires of your heart.
Father God, we're grateful to be able to gather today to worship your holy name. We offer our worship and admiration to you. For you are worthy to be praised. We can't do this by ourselves, Lord. We need you. Father God, we know that you heard the prayers that was asked of you, that you might give us to believe that they'll answer. You said that you would give us the desires of our heart. Father, touch the one that's standing up, that they might be standing for themselves or a loved one. But touch, Lord, in a mighty way. Touch the ones at the altar, Lord Jesus. Touch it, Lord. They need a touch from you, Father. We love you, and we give you the praise. Amen. Amen. 